Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. We are at episode number 88. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. Wow, I like your inflection today. You must have had a good day. I had a great Thanksgiving with multiple naps, so I'm feeling refreshed (laughs) and ready for the crazy season that our industry starts. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I took a nap as well. Ate a bunch, but it was pretty good. Went for a run in the morning and uh, wrapped it up with a nice glass of wine, so it was perfect. Nice. So, yeah. We all get back to work, and the crazy season has started. I'm excited. I know. Big time. I actually <laughs> went in yesterday. We were actually had that Friday off, and I went in and worked from uh, 12 to about 2 just to um, stay ahead of the game a little bit. But I like going in when I'm by myself. You know, nobody's there. No questions. I can just get it done. So it was nice. Yeah, we got a couple people coming in the Sunday before The Monday we all get back just so we can get caught up. Yep. I am not one of them, by the way, but some people are. Good for you. So we are back to the conversations I got while I was at the Whitmix Digital Forum. When we talk to technicians, we usually talk to people that are passionate about either removables or porcelain work. But this time I talked to a gentleman who is passionate about what he can do with three shape. Savan Pelorian from Pacific Dental talks to me about getting into the industry and the presentation he gave at the Whitmix Digital Forum that he called Tips and Tricks of Three Shape. Nice. And then we finish up the episode with Chelsea Phillips, who's the digital marketing specialist at Whitmix. She's out of the Colorado branch, but she flew all the way to Kentucky to help put the digital forum together. And she talks to me about all the different digital advertising Whitmix does and gives us some tips for labs. Join us from the Whitmix Digital Forum with Savan and Chelsea. Is zirconia giving your lab a hard time on your full arch cases? Yes, for me. Have you experienced warping or breakage in your centering oven? Yes, for me again. Have you ever had an arch return for adjustment and had to scrap it and start all over? Yes. So, there's a better way. Introducing Crystal Ultra Nano Ceramic by Digital Dental. The better alternative for full arch dentistry. A Crystal Ultra arch is 60% lighter than a Zirconia arch, is easily adjusted chair side, and can be milled on a one-to-one basis with no centering required. That saves you, what, 10 to 12 hours right there? Not only is a Crystal Ultra arch better dentistry for patients, it's better for your lab as well. To learn more about the future of full arch dentistry, visit www.crystalultra.com forward slash voices. Crystal Ultra, feel the difference. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. I'm sitting here with, let me see if I can pronounce your name. I'm going to do it horribly wrong. Seven? Savan. Savan Pelurian? That's it. 
Nice. Savon. Call me Savon. Savon, seven. <laughs> nice. So we're here at the Whitmix Digital Forum. Definitely. So you, you were here talking about tricks for three shape, which Absol- is a little bit harder to say than one would think. <laughs> but I saw you're doing your presentation. You had a you had a picture of your lab and it had a really cool kind of open kind of circular floor plan. Yeah. So what's the name of your lab? Uh, the lab is actually called Pacific Dental and clarify it's not my lab. Okay. I've just been there 18 years. I get it. I so, get it. I don't but, own the lab I work at. So. Yeah. So how did you end up in this business? I was working on cars and stuff. Yeah. Uh, for majority of my life. And then uh, probably about, about five, six years or so. And uh, I decided to need more money. And I was working at a temp uh, office doing a temp job. And uh, my uncle said, uh, hey, so I got somebody who wants to... Uh, to know somebody good with their hands. He's like, you want to go look? I said, sure. Lunch break, hopped in, looked at the model room for about 25 minutes. He's like, you like doing stuff? I'm like, looks like it's fun. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I exposed all my skills. I'm good at fixing this and that and building stuff and, you know, repairing stuff. And he quickly noticed my keen sense to uh, technology and everything else. And uh, after that, it's, you know, just model room to scanning ordering and doing whatnot and time flies and next thing i know i'm over here stuck in the middle of a digital you know just living it up so you're you're a car mechanic yeah i started off uh doing car stereos at age 18 did that for about four years then uh left there and started working on cars like uh import cars doing exhaust yeah suspension turbochargers um and then from there I was temporarily kind of just floating around, yeah. and then 2001, uh, November 1st. So you walk into a dental lab. Your uncle, is your uncle at the lab? No, my or? uncle, son, and daughter, or my cousins, yeah. went to school with my boss's kids. Okay. So they That's were going they out and dinner, and then at dinner, he was like, you know anybody who's good with their hands? Yeah. And I was looking for a job, and he goes, I got the right person. And then he called so me So what did you think hey, when you first walked into a dental lab? Do you have any idea what it was? I had no idea, man. Yeah, I walked in and there was just people sitting there, wee, 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 <laughs> psh, 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 and, you know, phone ringing. And yeah, yeah. I go to the model room and there's that there's that shaggy dog odor yeah. in the model room. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like a dog a walked in here and just like shook off after he jumped in the pool. And it was, it's like, all right, well, you know, I'm looking at it. The place needed some sprucing, but yeah. worked there and started doing my thing and. You know, he's, so did you start in the model room? Yeah, I started in yeah. the model room. No, no, never worked the life or in no any yeah. dental terms or anything. And I started there and, uh, you know, started learning that and started actually improving the workflow from the previous guy. And uh, he's like, all right, we need to do soft tissue models for like Crown and Bridge. Yeah, yeah. So I figured out a way to use, um, you know, like an acrylic base or something, soft tissue, and, yeah. and create a soft tissue model on the impression, pour it up. And now they got that soft tissue on the solid. You know, and I've done nice. that and nice. refined some more stuff. And he's like, oh, I, I definitely like it the way it's going. And then I passed that knowledge I did to the, the next guy. And Where'd you go from there? Well, I was doing model work, ordering, fixing equipment, and doing Nobel 2D in 2002. Okay, yeah. So that was my first introduction to CAD. Yeah. And uh, that was that was where he really saw me start to excel. And from there, I started weaning out of the model room. Then I was doing basically everything else, ordering, repair, and... CAD, um, sure. Nobel 3D with the Forte, 
around 2003, 4, 2006, Serac InLab, and, uh, you know, worked that gig until about 2011, and I decided to leave. Needed more money. So this is this is a different lab? No, no. Same lab. Okay. I left. I oh, left. Yeah, I yeah. says, you know what? Okay. I got to do what I got to do. And uh, I left, and uh, I went to a lab with 3Shape, and within one week, I was uh, up and running on my own, uh, designing, um, again, with the aid of the owner, uh, helping me on the full crowns. Copings and everything were straight out of the bat. At the same time, learning 3Shape, I yeah. had to learn some 3D on a Roland uh, oh, DWX50 yeah. and an IMS iCore 340i. So I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> like <laughs> at this new place. Total CAD CAM solution. So this lab that you went to, they didn't have any CAD? Well, we, we had CAD, and the machines broke, and he didn't want to repair them. So we just kind of like outsourced to Nobel and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, Stan Ocon at the time. And uh, I left in January 1st, 2012. It was my first day at the other job. And for about a year and three months, 14-hour days, piecework, just mm-hmm. doing the grind. Oh, piecework, yeah. I mean, you know, nothing but elbow grease. The yeah, whole 14 yeah, hours, yeah. and you get burned out. Sure. And uh, after that, you know, we just kind of – he kind of hit me back up. He says, hey, I want to sit down and have lunch with you. So he went out, sat down for about two hours at a, at a restaurant. We talked. And uh, he says, all right, let me get a game plan together, and I'll, I'll get back to you. I guess immediately he went back, called up uh, Biomet3i at the time, and said, hey, I want a three-shape. They got a three-shape. His son was over there doing it. About 2013, he said, all right, let's sit down and talk again. And we talked, and he says, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Mm. So I left, made more money, and then I got countered with more with, money. With my old, my old job, wanting me back because he knew what the potential I had and said, I want you back. Nice. And this, is, this, is what I, this is what I offer you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to it. And uh, I went back, and a little rocky start, you know. And I advised him about what we should do, and from there on, it was just, it's all downhill from there man just you know doing research on material and you know the dental lab network at the time was a really good popping place and yep. um a lot of learned a lot from there from uh you know a couple of mentors that I, I i look up to right now just absorbed it like a sponge you know because just i was eager to learn and uh i just let my mind just open up and everything just started coming in yeah and uh you know on with the research online and the internet google just searching stuff, going to the dental lab shows, and, you know, one thing led to another. And then mid, like, 2014, 15 is when I found the Facebook group. And from there, it was like... Facebook's amazing. It's like it just opened up Pandora's box right there. Because that, you know, I started learning really good with uh, people that were more advanced than me. And, like, they, I just read it once, and it would just stick in my head. I have no explanation on how it's just how it works. And next thing I know, I'm I'm just picking up one thing and people are asking and I'm replying. And next thing I know, I find myself climbing up in the ranks with all these other people. Yeah, yeah. And They're like eventually, yeah. eventually like surpassing a few of them hmm. and, you know, all within a short period of time. Nice. So it's just the way my mind works. It's constantly, there's a gerbil, the gears turning in there constantly. So what are you doing at Pacific now? Are you a manager of the area uh, or are you a technician that's banging out just cat after cat? Or? At, at the beginning, it was just me running 
the uh, the scanning department, and uh, shortly after he got a mill. So we were doing the CAD CAM. Uh, it was just me, and you know it was about thirty units a day or so, mm-hmm. and um, a little bit more. With and just you, with just me, and That's then we started picking up. Busy. And more and more, and he, this time it was I was only doing that. I wasn't doing the model room. I wasn't yeah, doing yeah. repairs. I wasn't doing deliveries. So I could focus on one thing, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what really uh, helped out. And uh, we got busy. I bought on. Uh, we brought on one more guy to help me on the design, and uh, that was a really good time. You know, yeah. we're lunchtime. We got ev- half the work done. The mills are loaded up. We just go out and nice rock a nice quick mountain bike ride. Come back and then. Mill still running. Yeah. So you want to finish up the design, color them, and go home. That was a really good time. And then we got busier and busier. And uh, next thing you know, I got uh, somebody coming in scanning while I'm doing the design. And I got another guy designing while I'm milling and coloring. Then we got one more guy to come on board and design. Mm -hmm. So we had four people. And we were like that for a while until I was able to teach them how to run the mills and how to... uh, to scan and right now the only things i design are implants really yeah i get them and i really just uh i just design the implant abutments because i guess they don't understand the design of it and how to how it's i want in, them to go and it's interesting to me that some people are really scared and worried about designing the abutment i don't i don't know why i mean it's to me there's less to to even worry about compared yeah. to like a full contour but a lot of yeah, people are weary of in that it. aspect, yes. But then you also have your emergence profile. Yeah, if you it's if you, un- if you overdo the the tissue pressure, the bottom side of the design, if you make it too uh, concave or convex, it, the doctor won't see it. Yeah. But then you'll get those doctors said they just make it con- convex. Yep. And I'll go ahead. And I had a doctor. She told me, and I nearly fell on the ground. She said. Do it that way. I, I have my implant crowns uh, appointed to a two-hour seat time. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Like, sure. Yeah. So she would go in and she would tighten it and let the wait, tissue kind yeah. of. You get that blanching and, and, and then wait a little bit. Tighten yeah. it and go on and then, you know, patient. you've seen other people. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. But, you know, that's that's the only part. But honestly, I'd, I'd rather sit there and design 100 abutments all day long. Yeah. Because it's three to five minutes, not even not even three minutes to design an abutment and design them in their uploading Yeah, as I'm designing the next one. Do you guys and mill your own abutments or? No. Titanium no. is the only thing I don't do. Yeah. I would send it out. Not every lab should do it. You know, no, no. You know, I would, I would love to, but that's something else now I have to do. Yeah. It's not easy. I mean, so, especially with all the FDA regulations yeah. and everything. We We happily quote-unquote outsource our abutments, exactly. you know, because we like to stay authentic also with the uh, the implants. Absolutely. So what what are you here talking about? You're, I mean, it's tips and tricks of 3Shape. Is it just things you've observed over time? I couldn't yeah. keep up with it, honestly. <laughs> I don't play with it. You know, I, I'm not on the actual 3Shape enough yeah. that you were a little above my head on this. So it's it's um, it was basically the same thing I kind of did in Chicago, mm-hmm. 2019 just the early February. Um, basically, you know, there's certain ways three shape works and you can actually utilize that for another function that you want to do, but three shapes not set up for. Mm-hmm. So we all know that when you copy and append a design to a model, you get one file, you get your design and your model as yeah. one for like a diagnostic wax up. 
So my friend Mark Dixon said, there's got to be a way that I can, I can put um, two files in coordinates together. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's sitting right in front of our face oh, this yeah. whole time. And this was like a month before Chicago. And he's like, we got to find it. I said, okay. So I figured it out. I'm trying to figure it out. He goes, I got it. Yeah. He goes, you try and figure it out. So I, my brain's turning three times the speed now. And I get back to him in two days. I go, I figured it out. He goes, <laughs> you did? He goes, yeah. He goes, okay. In one word, tell me what you did. Yeah. He says, I can't tell you in one word. He's like, absolutely you can. I go, dude, there's no way in one word I can tell you what it is. It's like multiple steps. He goes, okay, I'll tell you in two days. You try and figure it out. So the next thing I know, he, he you can figure it out yet? I says, no, man, I give up. Mm-hmm. He says, all right, I'll tell you, but you can't use it in your thing in Chicago. He's like, I said, I promise. After Chicago, it's free game. He goes, okay. Yeah. He goes, copy and append. Copy what? Copy and append. Scan. I said, what do you mean? He goes, think about it. You have your model and you have your design. You put your design on the crown on your model, number eight and nine, let's say. And when you copy and append it, it puts those two designs and that scan in the same place you left them in the design. Yeah. I'm following, I think. Okay. So why can't we just use that with any other file? And I go... She got to show me. So he quickly showed me and I says, that's genius. That is genius. And he says at the time, even uh, Shemek, uh, Swarna, I forget, I can't pronounce his yeah. name. This is Sweden. Yeah. The Fab Smile. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Fab yeah. Smile. And uh, he says, even he didn't know. He was shocked. And we call him Iron Man. He is. Like, the, like the he is Mr. Three Shape. Yeah. Like, so he was like, I, I didn't even know that guy's like, that's just amazing. Crazy. And then, well, where would you use that? What application? And he says, easy. If you do a bridge and you want to make a carrier and you don't want to have a custom tray to carry your provisionals into the mouth and you want to have a pallet or rest carrier, yeah, like how they would do on implant um, yeah. conversions and stuff like that, you would design a custom tray with the pallet. Mm-hmm. Aft on the model of the digital wax up or whatever, copy and appended or your temporary. So you already have that. Interesting. And then you would design it and it would touch the, the model on with the parts where the designs are. Now you have two files. You have your CAD output from your temporary bridge and you have your CAD output from your carrier. Yep. Well, you got to merge them together. And instead of going in the mesh mixer, leaving the three shape realm yeah, yeah. and going into a third party software, converting files and yeah, yeah, coming yeah. back in, you bring one into an order that you created. It's a generic order of mm-hmm. this thing. And you bring it in, you run through the design, you swap the model file with the carrier, you swap the design file, the cat output file with the temporary mm-hmm. design and when you copy and append it, what does it do? It does exactly what it was told to do. It takes the two files and copies and append it. We just changed the files. Yeah. We just changed the model and the actual crown design to that model. We changed it to our full arch design and our carrier that was designed on the copy and append of the full arch. And we put those two together. Interesting. And it's now, now I have a, a, a temporary bridge, okay, hollowed out like a shell. With a carrier, doctor just puts it in, rests on the pallet, cements it. When it dries, they can break it off, 
and cut the pal or in the mouth. Yeah. Go in and cut the cut supports level. off, make them nice and small, and, and that's it. Interesting. And you know, you're looking at Exocad. Exocad does this in one shot. Well, well I can't three shape it. I tell everybody, listen, Exocad's a different architecture. Yeah. They designed it completely open. Like it's a it's it's a, a giant world. You can just walk in and do whatever you want. And um, unfortunately, three shape didn't go down that route. Yeah. You know, but we can do it. It's I guess you can call it as a workaround, but it's a tool that already does the job. Yeah. And we just figured out how to use it in another application. So if this other guy discovered it this way, how was your way? Uh, <laughs> Completely complicated. So my way was um, to do a regular case. And you would um, scan the model upper and lower, and then you would design one tooth upper and one tooth lower. And it was kind of um, a totally different. It yeah, took like yeah. six more steps. I, yeah, I forgot yeah. how I did it. <laughs> the, the truth is, Mark's way was so much easier. But that that's basically um, what... You know, yeah. we, we push each other. And uh, Mark, I challenge Mark. He fails. He succeeds. He challenges me. And yeah. it's vice versa. And that's how, um, honestly, we all work and we, we actually get better at doing things. That's cool. So yeah, Absolutely. But otherwise, I mean, it's it's the other tricks of uh, you reusing the design from a previous bridge that the doctor liked. How can I get that exact same design over onto the new impression? You know, there's ways of doing that and um, basically creating orders to function in a certain way as a converter. If you don't have um, a third-party software that will convert a DCM file to an STL, and it's all within 3Shape. It's all free. You can do that within 3Shape? Yeah. Because I know that is an issue people constantly talk about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically create an order, name it DCM to STL, create an order, tooth number eight, as a single die, like you're going to scan a coping. Yeah. So no opposing, name the neighborhood. And you just go ahead and create the order, right? Click, import scan, import the scan you want to convert. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be a dental scan. I mean, it could be, you know, something. If 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 you have a a jig, it's in a DCM format, and you want to convert it to STL because yeah. for some reason your manufacturing output from Stroman or something's locked on your dongle. You just take the CAD file, bring it in. As long as it's not encrypted, it should pretty much convert, convert over. Right. And then I just convert it to an STL and and send it or if you wanted to do a pre-op scan and you wanted to make an STL of it so you can print it, you know, or send it to somebody else so they can have it. You just bring it in and you can do that because it doesn't, it doesn't like to export UDX is the key. So when you export UDX, it exports the scans and converts them into STL file, the whole case. So if you put any DCM file in there and you export as an ST, uh, UDX order export and you go to the desktop and you open up the zip file, you'll find preparation scan STL format and that's the file you have. So your implant alignment can be done in there, your pre-op because uh, if you try to uh, export a, uh, a study model, in a case it says, oh, we don't support auxiliary scans or mm-hmm. study models. So, okay, well, great, I need the model. And, you know, you can convert them one by one. That's if you don't have the STL export enabled on your dongle from 3Shape. So when you're in a bind and you can't wait till 3Shape gets the memo from your reseller to enable this, you can quickly create a simple order 
and wow. right then and there. So it's the, it's unlocking stuff like that. It's like you know what this feature does. Well, let me. Where else can I apply this application? Yeah. So that was uh, that's how uh, my brain works. So always know <laughs> know what uh what makes the gear tick. You know, it's like it's almost like reverse engineering a sure. watch. Yeah. Like how does the Swiss Swiss movement work? You yeah, start yeah. taking it apart and you're going to destroy it, but you're going to see that this gear turns this gear, which turns that gear. And yeah, it's basically understanding the software, knowing what's happening in the background, knowing when you adjust this, do I need to also adjust that hmm. um, and stuff like that. So there's no real clean cut textbook instructions for this. And it's, it's all well, it's just out there. Other, I've yet to see a three shape manual put out by three shape there is, is there? there's there's the manual and there's the technical manual um with uh eight i think 18 and 19 they're introducing a technical manual oh, okay but that is in a file i think it's called three shape documents when you install it it goes to your desktop it's mm-hmm. a shortcut and it's a it's a file you open it and it's literally an index of terms and what this tool does and what that tool does. Uh, so if you're in your design and I think you press F1, it brings up the help tab. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what this is. Okay. So you can actually launch it before, like at night, you can open it up and just start reading it from home. Take the file home and just read it. So there is a, like an appendix manual. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, it's, no, but not, it's not like a true textbook manual. No, it's not. Where you go, maybe a... Uh, these guys have read uh, PTC can yeah. come up with one. But, I think uh, they do a three-shape training yeah, They program. have a training, yeah. yeah, but they don't have a uh, like an actual a manual paper, a book. Yeah, that would be, be interesting. Know, yeah, that would be, be. interesting. Well, that's awesome stuff, man. Yeah. You're, it's still above my head. I got to <laughs> tell you, I just don't spend all day on three-shape, but I'm sure a lot of three-shape people would find this extremely yeah, they interesting. Do. You know, it's if I say Elvis, uh, go ahead and uh, – take this photo into Photoshop and create a text layer, create a layer so you can, uh, you know, add a shadow yeah, over yeah. here and you, you won't know what to do. And I'm the same way. I still don't know Photoshop a no. lot, but you know, every single day I'm on this, I'm on three shape every single day other than Friday and Saturday. Sure. And sometimes then, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm tinkering around, but it's, I think it's the everyday exposure for, not just 10 minutes, but hours at a time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, making notes and just repetitive, repetitiveness, just kind of questioning that every now yeah. and again. Say, hey, I want to do this. Exactly. This I mean, That's I, awesome. my good friend John Wilson, one of the guys I kind of looked up to learning this stuff, he'll text me. He's like, hey, he's like, we can do this, right? And he asked me a question. I go, yeah, but you got to do this and that. He goes, but it can be done. I says, yeah, it can be done, but. You know, not the not the logical or ideal yeah, way yeah. to do it, but there's not a button. You know, or I ask him, he says, "Hey, is there a is there a radio opaque uh, PMMA trying to make a implant stent?" And he goes, "Yeah, call so and so company and order this material." And hmm. you know, we we go back and forth. Sure. So um, anybody asks me, and I'm I'm going to tell them, "There's in digital, you got nothing to hide." I mean, it's it's all there. Yeah. Like, if if you can do it and it gets out there, you just send a picture out there, someone's going to figure out a way to do it. And yeah. there's no hiding it in digital. Once it's on the internet, it's on the internet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, good or bad, it's there. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you so much for sitting down. 
Definitely. I appreciate you uh, coming to Whitmix, the digital forum, and presenting. I thought it was really neat. Yeah, this is the uh, first time out here, so. Yeah, me too. It's uh, me too. exciting, and we'll see maybe they come back next year. Yeah, absolutely. But Thanks again. Thank you, Elvis. Appreciate it. Thank we are wrapping up 2019 Whitmix's digital forum with a great employee of Whitmix, Chelsea Phillips, who is the... What's your title there? Marketing? Digital Marketing Specialist. Digital Marketing Specialist. So what does that mean? All marketing that's done through via social media and the internet and all that? Correct. Uh, I do everything digital. I make the the digital flyers, the websites, our social media campaigns, our email campaigns. You also did the website. Uh, yes, I maintain the website. Nice. I recently put Voices from the Bench on Twitter. You do that every Monday morning. Happy Monday morning thing. That would be me. It's nice. Yes. It's nice. I see it Monday morning. I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's not a bad Monday. Yes. It works. So how did you get into this? You do this in school? No, I didn't. I actually have a background in accounting. Oh, that's boring. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to school for accounting. You got out of school. How did you fall into Whitmix? Did you even know what it was? Uh, No. Well, I mean, kind of. My mom okay. works for the company. She's oh. our clinical product developer. Um, so she brings the products to the market, and then I go market them. Oh, so how long has your mom worked there? Eight to 12 years. Eight to 12 years. Yep. So you have an idea what the I, dental industry, dental laboratory industry field was. Correct. She worked with Waterpick before Whitmix. Oh, so my gosh. Yeah, I grew up articulators, face bows, the, the flosser things that shoot Is water. Is Waterpick here in Kentucky, too, or...? No, Fort Collins. Oh, is that where you came yep. from? Whitmix has a Fort Collins division. Oh, yep. see the connection. The web is weaving here. So then you yep. ended up here in Louisville. I live in Colorado. I am Whitmix West, part of the Colorado team. You're not even... They flew you out here just for this? They did. Nice. I nice. know. Well, I worked so hard on the event. I ran the website. I... You know, I'm right-hand person here at the event awesome. doing all our I didn't even media. realize that. Here I am just thinking you're living down the road or something. Nope. I live in Colorado. Cool. So did you have previous digital marketing experience when you went to Whitmix? Or did you learn it all while you're at Whitmix? Learned it all from Whitmix. Really? Yep. I started under our senior marketing specialist who's no longer here mm-hmm. and um, worked under her for about a year. And then she left and I took over her position and it's all been hands-on from there. So how long ago was this? She left July of 2018. So 2018. Yep. From what you learned from her, how have you grown the digital marketing of Whitmix? I am working on expanding it. So she laid a really solid foundation for us, created everything, got us up and running, and I'm Mm -hmm. taking it to the next level. So I'm expanding it, taking it further. And what I mean by that is better direct marketing. I'm working on hitting target audiences and focusing on providing content that is purposeful to them and not necessarily anything that we can think of just to get something in front of them. That's what a lot of people do. Oh, it's Tuesday. I, I got to post something because I do it every Tuesday. And Correct. Yeah. Excellent. So I aim to target to things that are going to bring them some benefit. It's all about their focus and what they need. So Facebook. Yep. Instagram. Yep. Uh, what about Twitter? I saw, yeah, I mentioned that. Yep. What else is there? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah. We have LinkedIn, and um, I just... About three months ago, launched our first Pinterest account. So we are now on Pinterest as well. Fancy. Yep. I'm looking into Snapchat, but it's not, we're not there yet. Yeah. So 
here you are. You're marketing to labs and dentists, right? Because you correct. guys have dentists as clients, right? Correct. So we have I a mean, whole clinical and occlusion side, correct. Sure. What are some difficulties you run into doing that B2B marketing? Hitting the right content at the right time. Sure. So providing content that's purposeful to dentists and to labs and dental lab communication and making sure that's tied. Dentists tend to be more direct to consumer and they're looking for different information and being able to provide that and how to better communicate with labs and be effective that way and looking at a product and how a dentist is going to use it versus how a lab is going to use it Mm -hmm. and whether both are going to use it. It's very difficult to segment, especially social media when I have both audiences looking at the same content all the time. So do you place one ad hoping to hit both? Or do you specifically say, this is an ad I'm doing for labs. I want to gear this towards labs. And do you promote that or or put that out there in a different way than you would if you're promoting to dentists? So unfortunately at this time, we're not doing social media ads. We're not paying. So I only do social media posting right now. But when I I put them out, it's going to both. Now, depending on the product, I usually will have one in mind some of our new resins and stuff it applies to can apply to both of them sure so i will target both in the same ad but if it's something that's more clinical i specifically talk to clinical okay and a big issue we run into all the time too is we have domestic and international markets Oh. And there's products available internationally that aren't available domestically or vice versa. And so I have to be careful cross-posting and making sure that products are listed as a U.S. only or an international only or being clear. Because Facebook is worldwide, right? You are correct, yes. And a majority of our audience is international. Really? Correct, yep. So when you post something, you specifically have to state U.S. only or not available in the U.S.? Correct, at times, yes. Are there other countries that have social media that's relevant in their country but not here? Do you post on that? Like, does Japan have their own version of Facebook called something else? or? Not totally. Um, yeah. A lot of our international customers use an app called WhatsApp, but that's more for that. communication, yeah. more so than social advertising. Mm-hmm. But there are not other platforms that I'm aware of. Oh, now, okay. we do use Facebook groups groups, yep. or things like that to better segment different countries. Okay. So, as I was mentioning before we hit recording that at our lab, I attempted to Facebook to new dentists and... I had a problem with I would post and I would even pay a few times and gear them towards people that had the hobbies of dentistry and dentists and all this kind of stuff. But I never really got to the dentist. Mm -hmm. What sort of tips can you give to a lab for using social media to market to dentists? Well, my biggest piece of advice is making sure that your wording Mm-hmm. is aimed to terminology that they are going to understand and to speak the language that they're going to be speaking. That makes sense. So make sure you meet them where they're at and yep. what they're looking for is step one. Words that the general public might not get. So potentially they'll kind of weed out the people that aren't in the field. Correct. Interesting. Potentially. Interesting. Um, some of it, too, is... Just even meet, you know, dentists and labs sometimes talk differently. Yep. So use oh, terminology 
that the dentist is going to recognize. Meet them where they're at. So use words they're going to use. Use things that are going to catch their interest and not necessarily your lab's. If you're aiming directly for a dentist. Yeah, say crown not coping, that kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. Yes, things like that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give a huge shout out to John Hughes. He's been a huge mentor in my life. <laughs> How long has he been with Whitmix? 20, well, 21, 21 years. years. Wow. He should be over here being interviewed. <laughs> There's a second set here. <laughs> too funny he's great to work for. is he he looks like he's a lot of fun oh yeah everybody at Whitmix seems like they're a lot of fun i didn't get i have never been to the colorado branch but i got to tour the one here yep. i was really just kind of i was happy to see how it was set up and how everybody interacted and it just yep. it seems like a cool place it really is yeah. it's a cool facility i love coming out You'll yeah. have to come to colorado one sometime so what's next for digital marketing with Whitmix? what's your next step What's your, what's your what's your overall goal? I mean, here you are. A whole company says, make us make us known on social media. What do you do? Well, I'm actually doing a couple different things. It's not all social media based okay. right now. Um, some of the stuff I'm revamping um, our emails mm-hmm. and getting very clear on our target and working with workflows and providing educational content that is relevant to the market and current. Yep. So we're revamping all of our content, making it new, improved, and relaunching it. From a social media perspective, we actually just launched face- Facebook Shopping, which is oh. brand new and cool, and I cannot wait until... So people can buy all their products while they're on Facebook? Correct. You can buy our products directly from Facebook now. I mean, now. heck, I'm on there already. <laughs> I know, exactly. Exactly. It's That's easy and convenient. And interesting. I'm waiting for Instagram to launch and where we can launch on Instagram shopping as well. Where do you get more, what's the term, action views? Where do you get more of that? Instagram, Facebook? Where does Whitmix get most of their traffic? That's what I'm looking for. Depends. We um, YouTube is actually our biggest really? place right now. We have the most followers on YouTube of all of our channels. Nice. Interaction-wise, it's mixed. So mm-hmm. majority of the interaction happens on Facebook, but um, our Instagram is growing rapidly, is and it? so we get a lot of shared stories on Instagram. Yeah, everyone tells me for the podcast we need to get into Instagram, but yeah, that's what they I've say. tried tagging about. you before, and you're just, not, just there. not there. No, and it's yeah. I don't know. It just seems like something else. <laughs> yeah, it is, and you know, we I don't know how long we've been at it because it was set up prior to me, but. Okay. Um, we we're down at the bottom. We only we started with about 300 a year ago, and I'm up to 450 now mm. followers on our Instagram. So it it's growing, it, just not super fast. No, and you know what? Some of these things take time. Yep. It just takes consistency and people to see that you're there. Correct. And it will eventually build. And for something that grows real fast, it's not going to be good growth. Correct. It's going to be people that just hit it without thinking about it. You want people that actually, like, I want to learn from these people. Yep. I want to have this content delivered to me. And I look at that um, as a whole. You know, even our email marketing campaign, that is a huge piece of it for me is consent. Like, I will not email you unless you ask to be emailed. It's huge. I respect their privacy. I respect their inbox. I want to respect their time and provide them value. Can you tell me how many emails you guys send out? (laughs) A a fair amount. Like, like every Um, time you do a blast, what is it, like 100,000? I mean, is that much? Oh, no. 
We currently have 30,000 emails in our That's database. That's a ton, though. Our average email goes to anywhere between five and 12,000 people a lot at a time. That's people, though. Mm-hmm. Our wow. smaller emails, when we segment better, go yeah. to about 3,000, yeah. maybe. That's still a large yeah. audience. Well, I will say that um, only maybe 50% open, and we have about a 20% click rate. So you get all that feedback from whatever email client server you're Correct. using. What do you use? MailChimp? Uh, HubSpot. HubSpot. I hear a lot of good things about HubSpot. Yes. HubSpot's um, great. That's yeah. my big project this quarter is taking on HubSpot, revamping our content, creating a better potential resource library for people, better am- email campaigns, having better more information. Yeah. Well, talk about that for a second. Let's say a lab wants to get into email marketing. Mm-hmm. HubSpot's a good place to start? I actually love HubSpot. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience with other providers, but HubSpot's kind of an all-in-one. We have our contacts in there. We can do our emails. I can do social scheduling and publishing directly from HubSpot, our resource library, our content pages. I do a lot of my work. I mean, it just seems all-encompassing. Sure. Is it expensive or...? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> nice. Good answer. Good answer. Good That's answer. John's job. <laughs> yeah. Leave it up to them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, awesome. I appreciate it. I will say that this event, this digital forum, was well marketed on social media. Well, thank you. This is a great event. You guys put on a heck of an event. I've seen you've been mm-hmm. bu- very busy here. Yep. We um, actually, um, one of the things that we have running in the back, if you haven't seen it yet, is our photo stand. It's a service we're providing yep. to people, again, respecting their privacy. But afterwards, if they consent it, I'll put it on social media. It's everybody's chance at fame on our oh, social yeah. media accounts. So Absolutely. You know, it's it's all about personal touches, and that's what I like to bring to it. I like to have the uniqueness, make them feel special, and absolutely that they're welcomed here. And it's just a great way of marketing it, pushing yep. it out there. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. I brought back making... Facebook events so that people could share it. Yes. Yep. Yes. I brought I that back. If I created I can't the... tag an event. This podcast will be at. It's going to go flat. Mm-hmm. Yep. I brought that back to Whitmix, yep. so that's <laughs> what it should be. It's not. It's not hard. It's free, isn't it? I, it is. It's yeah. so easy. People should yep. be doing this, but they're not, and it just yep. doesn't make sense to me. Yep. Huge shout out for our um, digital dentures courses we have coming up. I made yes. all those pages and events nice. as well. So you got one coming up in November seventh and eighth. Yeah, I actually have an employee coming down for this. Yeah, we have yeah. A, a couple spots open. So okay. Excellent. Um, anybody who's interested, in, we're going to continue doing them, and they're only going to get bigger and better. Sure. So, do you do them out in Colorado too? Uh, we are looking next year to expand. We're going to maybe not Colorado, but we're looking at. Um, we have a facility in California, mm-hmm. and there was somewhere on the East Coast. You guys uh, have Boston, a place in New California York. too? No. Oh no, a facility. Oh. We would take it to a facility. I see what you mean. Correct. I was like, Whitmix is bigger than I thought. <laughs> no, 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 no. We only have three offices. We have our office in Fort Collins. We have our office in Kentucky, which is headquarters. Yeah. And then we have a small group in Germany as well. Wow. Yep. We have a couple down there in Germany that are employees. Have you been to Germany yet? I have not, but my mom has. Oh, nice. So I got to see all the pictures. <laughs> nice. Maybe they'll send you sometime. Maybe. Social media in Germany. I know. It's huge. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Kettenbach. 
Let's talk about impressions and impression materials. Can we agree that not all incoming records your lab receives are equal in quality or have captured the details you feel necessary to move forward confidently with a fixed removable or implant case? NADL studies show that small, medium, and large labs all face the same awful situation of producing remakes at no charge over and over again when it might not be the lab's fault. Kettenbach and their team of manufacturer reps are here to help your lab by offering support and solutions, not chairside milling units, that will improve the incoming clinical results and consistency you and your clients are looking to achieve. Their materials are manufactured in Germany using patented technology, and in America they only sell direct for less cost. Visit www.kettenbach-dental.us to learn more about Panacell, Identium, and Selgenet impression materials, Futar bite registration, Thistleless temp material and core buildup, Mucopin soft reline, and airway metrics. Kettenbach also offers materials used every day in the dental lab, in particular the Panacell Lab Putty Hard and Lab Putty Soft. These materials can be cleanly and easily dispensed in a one-to-one putty matrix. There are no messy accelerator gels with this system. The Panacell Lab Putty is sold in two 5kg buckets of base and catalyst and is definitely the dimensional, stable lab putty material you have been looking for. Try any of the materials risk-free today by calling Kettenbach Direct at 877-532-2123. Mention the code Dental Lab Podcast 25 and you will receive an additional 25% off your order. Once again, call Kettenbach Direct at 877-532-2123 to make the connection with a partner who can help your lab and your clients save money and increase quality coming in and going out. Thanks for your support, Kettenbach. A huge thanks to Savan and Chelsea for sitting down with my partner Elvis at the Digital Forum and a bigger thanks to Whitmix for inviting us to the event. And uh, Elvis had a lot of really great recordings. Hopefully I'll be there next year. When they do this event next year, everyone should do themselves a favor and register. We will be sure to keep you updated on our podcast as we always do. This year it was sold out and I'm sure next year will be as well. So again, thank you for your support of the podcast, Whitmix. We appreciate it. So at the end of every year, there's an online poll for the best dental related podcast. Believe it or not, there are 75 podcasts on this list. There is only one that is exclusively geared towards the best profession in all of dentistry. So please head over to dentalpodcast.org and click the vote button. Seriously, go to dentalpodcast.org and take a look at them. They're all dentist-related, some are industry-related, and then there's Voices from the Bench at the very bottom. You have to pick four, and I think they choose from the four, so uh, pick us. We'd appreciate it. I've only voted about 10 times, (laughs) maybe 20. (laughs) I did ask. You do not have to vote for four. Oh, good. You can vote up to four. Yeah, So really, all you got to do is click vote, scroll down to the V's, voices from the bench, click on us, and then there you go. Awesome. And actually, if you could, 
have every computer in your lab go and vote. <laughs> you got all those design stations. You got all those computers connected to the mills and the printers and your scheduling computers and your accounting and your shipping computers. Yeah, we don't want to win or anything. You get shades. <laughs> you get the idea. And then when you're done doing that, have every technician vote on their smartphone. All right. There's no reward. We get no bonus check. We just get bragging rights in the world of dental podcast because this January, right after Visions 21, is the Voices of Dentistry. Yay. Yeah, a dental podcasting summit. And Barb and I would love to go to this event and let all those dentist-related podcasts know that the dental lab industry is strong and relevant. Oh, yeah. As always, we got you covered because the link to vote is in this episode's show notes. It's the very first thing in the show notes, so it's easy to find. And then email the link to everybody in the industry you know and tell them to vote for Voices from the Bench. Do you think we came across a little too strong? Uh, I don't know. We're very competitive, so what is too strong in my world? It's just go for it. You don't know until you ask. Yep. And we're asking everybody, so please go vote. So next week, we start some conversations that finally I get back to at the LMT Lab Day East in Philadelphia. That was a great show. Elvis and I got a lot of really great interviews. So remember to join us. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Have a great week, everybody. Welcome to Christmas Crazy. Bye. Bye. Go to every computer in your lab and vote. <laughs>